the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan. Alexander Svetsky, author of The Uncommunist Manifesto, makes an interesting case that it may take 60 years for Bitcoin to take over the world. But that day will come as sure as night follows day. People are quick to project technology adoption curves onto Bitcoin, but the problem is that Bitcoin is not just a technology, says the Uncommunist Manifesto. Many people fall into the trap of considering Bitcoin another asset like Apple or Microsoft. It's not. It's a global form of money that was conceived from the rotting corpse of the 2008 financial crisis, not as a speculative asset, but as private, indestructible money capable of leading the world out of the slaughterhouse that has devalued the labors and savings of people everywhere. If that sounds like revolutionary talk, it is. Another book called The Fiat Standard by Seyfedean Amos explains how fiat money serves political rulers everywhere and steals the savings of their people through incremental inflation. You'll notice this as you push your trolley through the supermarket, noticing how the rand buys less and less, and your annual pay increases don't quite keep up with the inflation you're seeing with your own eyes. Bitcoin was created as a solution to this, as a way to opt out of the fiat monetary system. There's a growing number of people moving off the financial grid, staying away as much as possible from rands, dollars, or any other form of fiat currency. One such person is Glenn Euster, one of the founders of Bitcoin Ubuntu, based in Swellendam in the Western Cape, which has the aim of spreading Bitcoin adoption. Hi, Glenn. It's good to talk to you again. Thanks for coming on the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast. Oh, Kieran, thank you very much for, for having me back. It's an uh, absolute honor to be here. All right. I think a good place to start to the 2024 is with some New Year resolutions. Maybe it's a little bit late for that, but uh, maybe not. When we previously spoke, I think you shocked quite a few of our listeners when you said you hardly deal with RANDs at all. You're only dealing in Bitcoin or predominantly in Bitcoin. I guess you have to have some RANDs for paying rates and taxes and that sort of thing. But otherwise, you're a Bitcoin only person. Explain how you got to this position and how you managed to avoid fiat currencies as much as you do. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, while it's, it is technically possible to avoid fiat currencies altogether, Unfortunately, it's still practically impossible for most people at this point in time. You know, like you, you correctly point out, there are things like bills like rates and taxes or, or private services, maybe your ISP. They all demand payment in rands, right? So while you can get around some of them, like buying data for your internet using a service like BitRefill, or you can pay your, your utility bills, your municipal bills, a lot of them using CryptoConvert or Luna or Vala at any pick and pay, it comes with, you know, certain amounts of friction and limitations that just aren't very practical for most people at this point in time. Um, you know, from a practical standpoint, it's very easy to limit your exposure to the RAND um, by, for example, just paying all of your fiat bills using a debit card or a credit card and then topping the balance up before any interest accrues. But, you know, just because that's possible doesn't mean it's, it, it's something I'd recommend for most people. It's, it's suitable really only for those people that are earning in Bitcoin. So myself, for example, I only work for Bitcoin. So, you know, in order to pay my fiat bills, I have to convert some of my income into fiat in order to pay, for example, the municipal rates. So, you know, outside of somebody who's predominantly earning Bitcoin, if you're Bitcoin only, uh, you know, I would look at something like that as, as more a form of protest than a responsible money management. 
Uh, all right. So just explain to people what it is you do and how do you find clients that will pay you in Bitcoin? You know, this year, to be frank, I haven't done a lot of work. I haven't, um, I really haven't earned a lot of income just because I've been focused on our education and outreach, which is all, you know, voluntary and nonprofit. But in terms of finding Bitcoin work, there are a vast number of very passionate Bitcoiners all over the world that actively look to support Bitcoin businesses. So they will go out of their way if they're looking, let's say, for a graphic designer such as myself or um, a tax consultant or whatever it may be, they will prefer to go with a service that allows them to pay in their currency of choice, Bitcoin. So that, that's you know the easiest way to start earning Bitcoin or obviously look for a, a job in the Bitcoin space. And, and where would people do that? How would they get in contact with people who prepared to pay in Bitcoin? There are numerous job listing sites on the internet. You can, there, there really are, there must be at least... 10 or a dozen. We do a daily conversational space on Twitter uh, or X, formerly called Twitter, called the Orange Sun, where we, we actually covered that very topic, uh, I think a month or two ago. And uh, my co-host, Bacek, managed to find, a, I think, about a dozen different um, websites that list Bitcoin jobs or jobs that pay in Bitcoin. All right. I, I want to Turn now to the question of savings. I was savings in Bitcoin. I was recently listening to Seyfedin Amos, who I mentioned before was the author of the Fiat Standard. He's talking about people simply don't have savings anymore. And he blamed it on a money system where the issuance of currency is vested in the central banks and, of course, private banks who have the power to issue currency pretty much out of thin air. Now, he sees Bitcoin as a giant technological revolution that will restore the ability to save back into ordinary people's hands. Is this something that you see happening with people who are going the route that you've taken off the financial grid, adopting Bitcoin in the way that you've done? Absolutely. I mean, Seyfedin, let's just be clear, is a professor of economics. So he really knows his stuff when it comes to Bitcoin and Austrian economics uh, specifically. He has a way of breaking the stuff down to where a layman such as myself can can you know understand it so he's easily amongst the most recommended bitcoin authors in, in the space i can highly recommend um reading the bitcoin standard if you're at all curious about bitcoin and haven't read that yet so you know of course he's right when when we moved off of a sound money standard when when nixon closed the gold window and currency was no longer backed by gold then it became possible for banks to just create near infinite amounts of currency for free. And in the process, they practically obliterated most, you know, every normal person's access to a sound savings vehicle. You know, he mentions their central banks and, and private banks, and quite rightly so. People forget that it's not just governments and central banks that are in the business of printing money. You know, we look at the, according to the South African Reserve Bank, Commercial banks here in South Africa are only required to hold 2.5% of their total liabilities in cash on their cash reserve accounts. So like in plain English, for every 100 rand you deposit at the bank, the bank is only required by law to hold 2 rand 50 in cash reserves. The rest, they can lend out or invest more or less as they see fit. I mean, imagine that. You deposit 100 rand, the bank puts 2 rand 50 into the vault and it lends the other 97 rand 50 to me. I put that 97 rand 50 into my bank. The bank puts less than 2 rand 50 of that in their vault and it lends the other 95 out to the next person. You know, just follow that reasoning and you, you can see how 
very little money can be inflated into huge amounts of money by these private institutions. You know, what does that mean? It means that your own savings are being used to dilute the purchasing power of the very currency which you're trying to save in. It's, it's absolutely absurd. And most people are oblivious to it until it's too late because they don't teach you this stuff in school. So many people only wake up to it when after contributing their whole lives to a retirement fund, which is measured in fiat, they reach retirement age only to find the rands, which they've managed to save up towards their old age, doesn't buy them anywhere near the amount of goods or services that they thought they would when they were planning for their retirements. Yeah, I recently did an exercise where I was uh, you know, following Napoleon Hill's advice where you save 10% of what you earn every month. It's the first expense that you make as you put that into savings. And going back over 10 years, if you had invested 10% of your savings, and I, I took the average South African salary, which I, I was about 25,000 rand, and measured that over 10 years. And if you took the same 10% and you put it in Bitcoin, your savings end up, you, you end up uh, with rands with uh, a, a little over uh, close to 200,000 rand. But if you put it into Bitcoin, and these figures are a little bit out of date, you're close to 3 million rand. I mean, that's multiples, multiples of uh, what you would save if you were saving in fiat. The problem, of course, is you're measuring in something which is devaluing all the time. So I want to talk about that um, uh, for a minute. Just tell us about Bitcoin Ubuntu and the circular economy. People may not understand what that term means. It's on your website. Tell us what that is. Yeah, sure. Okay, well, firstly, Bitcoin Ubuntu is, is fairly recently launched, just around the beginning of the year. So we're a, a Bitcoin education, outreach, and onboarding project, and we're based in Swaziland, South Africa. Our efforts do extend beyond the borders of South Africa, and we, we try and have a focus on the broader African perspective, because we do believe that Africa has a very unique perspective of this new technology. But when we, we talk about Bitcoin circular economies, these are community projects that have popped out all, all around the world, and, and, and particularly in the global south, in Africa and South America, these communities have been popping up, you know, where the money is, is a lot more broken than in the West. And so with the recent developments of of second layer Bitcoin scaling technologies like um, the Lightning Network, Fediments, and eCash has made the medium of exchange use case or proposition of Bitcoin a lot more accessible to a lot more people. And so with that kind of um, technological jump in, in the capabilities of Bitcoin, along with it have come these community projects that have sprung up. And we can look to two of our very own national projects here in South Africa for excellent examples of, of these Bitcoin circular economies. We have uh, Bitcoin Ikasi in Marcel Bay, and we have Bitcoin Vitsans just up the road from us here in Swellendam. And they've made amazing progress on this front. You know, after years and years of tireless efforts by the individuals that head up those respective projects, both of them now have communities that contain like really strong contingents of people who are earning Bitcoin as well as spending Bitcoin. Yeah, in order to spend the Bitcoin, you've got to get uh, retailers in your area to be able to accept Bitcoin. Just talk about that. How do you do that? Yeah, precisely. So, so when attempting to bootstrap a circular economy, you're presented with a chicken and egg problem. Who's going to accept the Bitcoin if, if nobody has any Bitcoin to spend, right? So that's where Vitsant and Ikasi really kind of found their own unique approaches in, into dealing, how, you know, dealing with that problem of how to introduce Bitcoin into circulation. 
in their communities. It's a tough problem to solve. Um, you know, as we've discovered for ourselves this year, it's not an easy egg to crack. So, um, you know, their work very much inspires our own. And, you know, my hope is that with continued efforts, we're going to succeed in, in following their lead in our own community. But, um, the, you know, you could uh, learn a lot by visiting these, these two projects and seeing for yourself how uh, these circular economies are starting to blossom. All right, so that's Bitcoin Akasi, that's Bitcoin Ubuntu and Bitcoin Vitsand all down there in the Western Cape area. And I think there are a few also around the Joburg, Pretoria area, are there not? I believe there are. There are little projects uh, popping up here and there. I'm not aware of all of them at this point in time. Um, you know, in, in Johannesburg and Pretoria, Swellen, uh, Cape Town, Stellenbosch, there are regular meetups. As far as building circular economies, I'm not sure what the various projects in those areas are up to, but I, I do know that there are multiple people working on multiple projects. I think one of the things that I find interesting about the work that you're doing, and you mentioned that you didn't earn much last year because the work you do at Bitcoin Ubuntu is voluntary, and you're trying to get the local community, and it looks like some of the poorest of the poor to adopt and earn Bitcoin. And, you know, a lot of people with many years experience in financial markets sometimes have a trouble understanding what is the blockchain, what is hashing, and all of these terms which we, we use in this particular space. How do you go about that? And I know you put out a, a booklet which very simply explains Bitcoin, but are you making an impact and getting this message through to ordinary people? You know, with, with regard to local adoption, not as much as I would have hoped. We're having a lot more impact online. We're doing an online version of the of Me Premier Bitcoin's My First Bitcoin, um, Bitcoin Diploma course. So that's pretty good. We've been helping out with a project called The Core in Kenya in adapting and presenting that uh, diploma course online. We just recently had our first 17 graduates and we have registration for the second cohort open. That starts later this month. So continue to contribute to that project. We also, we did have a local version, uh, in-person version of that Bitcoin Diploma course, which was being attended at the time by the volunteers from the soccer club. Um, but due to the various challenges that the, the, the soccer club has faced this year, those people have subsequently resigned and have not been coming to the classes anymore, unfortunately. All right. Now, I want to talk about corporate adoption of Bitcoin. One of the pioneers for the corporate sector is Ross Stevens of the U.S. asset management company Stoneridge. When he was asked why people should get into something as volatile as Bitcoin, this is what he said. Learning Bitcoin is like learning a new foreign language. I now think in Bitcoin. Bitcoin is not volatile. Fiat is volatile. Fiat keeps getting cheaper and cheaper in Bitcoin terms. And that's what he said. So this week we see Bitcoin in rand terms approaching 900,000, an astonishing figure, uh, not quite as high as the 1 million it's been at in the past. So, but I think it's hard to argue with Stevens on where the volatility lies. If you are going off the financial grid, do you need to stop counting rands and stop treating Bitcoin as a speculative asset? When you say going off the financial grid, I take this to mean storing the majority of your value outside of the traditional system. That's right. So in doing so, you're assuming Bitcoin as your primary store of value. I think that the natural inclination is to, to start measuring your wealth in the asset that you're using to store it. So 
as you come to the realization that Bitcoin serves you better as a reliable store of value than does fiat, which is designed to lose value over time, then you start to look at the price of goods and services in that light. So when looking, for example, at something like a car purchase, to someone who's saving for the long term in Bitcoin, they care less about the RAND price as it's far more important and relevant to them what it will cost them in Bitcoin. So it, it doesn't matter if the, you know, the second-hand car is 450000 To somebody who's saving in Bitcoin, it's a lot more relevant that it costs them half a Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we do at MoneyWeb is we track the house prices, average house price in South Africa, and we just took a, a million rand as a starting point going back 10 years. Uh, a decade ago, you would have been paying 1,500 Bitcoin for a house of that price. Today, you would be paying slightly more than one Bitcoin. It's an astonishing depreciation if you start measuring your wealth in, in Bitcoin and what you can buy with it. And the same, I'm pretty sure, I haven't done the exercise, would be true with, uh, with cars. Uh, and it's certainly true with groceries, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, that, that's the, you know, one of the fantastic and I guess underappreciated things of measuring your wealth in Bitcoin is that over a long enough time frame, everything gets cheaper. While everybody around you is complaining about inflation and everything getting more expensive, you're sitting and just watching the price of everything go down. I mean, just in the two years I've been here, the cars have got almost, they've almost halved in price. It's unreal. Tell us a little bit more about the Bitcoin adoption that you're seeing in through your activities and other groups like you. All right. So with regard to local adoption, in terms of building a circular economy in Swellendam, we've un unfortunately made little progress on that front. You know, while we have a small number of merchants and services that we've onboarded to accept Bitcoin, there's been very little uptake. And again, this is because there aren't many locals spending Bitcoin. And that's again because nobody's earning Bitcoin. So this was our thinking initially in partnering early on with the local soccer club in order to pay their volunteers in Bitcoin and thereby get some Bitcoin into circulation. But unfortunately, the soccer club faced their own teething issues this year, having gone through a large turnover of volunteers. So, you know, while this enabled us to introduce quite a large number of people to Bitcoin at our weekly meetups, including, you know, onboarding and custody and the various aspects that we, we share with people. Um, and some of those people did end up attending our Bitcoin diploma course in person. But due to the high turnover, it prevented us from building, you know, those lasting relationships that we needed to start approaching the merchants, which served those particularly individuals which were being paid in Bitcoin. So given the lack of progress we were making with the club, the decision was made to refocus our energies where we felt that we were having more impact, which is to say our online educational efforts. So we've been a key contributor in adapting and presenting Mi um, Premier Bitcoin's open source Bitcoin diploma through an online educational platform called The Core out of Kenya. And we just had our first 17 graduates with registration for the second cohort now open. And then we also head up the Orange Sun, which is an online daily conversation show held every weekday morning from 8 until 10 on X, uh, formerly Twitter, where we cover topical Bitcoin news, um, as well as offer a platform where people new to Bitcoin can ask any questions which they may have in, in you know, a, a space that's friendly to newcomers and free of judgment. 
Okay, so the Orange Sun on Twitter, you got a daily program there. And for people who want to do the diploma course, you mentioned the core, which is out of Kenya. Spell that. That's the T-H-E and Core, C-O-R-E. You can also find them on Twitter. All right, we're going to leave it there. Glenn Yurster from Bitcoin Ubuntu, thanks very much for joining us on the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, hosted by Kieran Ryan. To listen to our other podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. MoneyWeb, your trusted source for business and investment insights.